This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 15 of Surah Ashura. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. فَلِذَلِكَ فَدْعُ وَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ وَقُلْ آمَنْتُ بِمَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَأُمِرْتُ لِأَعْدِلَ بَيْنَكُمْ اللَّهُ رَبُّنَا وَرَبُّكُمْ لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ لا حجة بيننا وبينكم الله يجمع بيننا وإليه المصير والذين يحاجون في الله من بعد ما استجيب له حجتهم داحضة حجتهم داحضة عند ربهم وعليهم غضب ولهم عذاب شديد الله الذي أنزل الكتاب بالحق والميزان وما يدريك لعل الساعة قريب يستعجل بها الذين لا يؤمنون بها والذين آمنوا مشفقون منها والذين آمنوا مشفقون منها ويعلمون أنها الحق ألا إن الذين يمارون في الساعة لفي ضلال بعيد الله لطيف بعباده يرزق من يشاء وهو القوي العزيز من كان يريد حرف الآخرة نزد له في حرفه ومن كان يريد حرث الدنيا نؤته منها وما له في الآخرة من نصيب أم لهم شركاء شرعوا لهم من الدين ما لم يأذن به الله ولولا كلمة الفصل لقضي بينهم وَإِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ تَرَى الظَّالِمِينَ مُشْفِقِينَ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا وَهُوَ وَاقِعٌ بِهِمْ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فِي رَوْضَاتِ الْجَنَّاتِ لَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ ذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَضْلُ الْكَبِيرُ ذلك الذي يبشر الله عباده الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات قل لا أسألكم عليه أجرا إلا المودة في القربى ومن يقترف حسنة نزد له فيها حسنا إن الله غفور شكور أم يقولون افترى على الله كذبا فإن يشأ الله يختم على قلبك 
ويمحو الله الباطل ويحق الحق بكلماته إنه عليم بذات الصدور وهو الذي يقبل التوبة عن عباده ويعفو عن السيئات ويعلم ما تفعلون ويستجيب الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ويزيدهم من فضله والكافرون لهم عذاب شديد ولو بسط الله الرزق لعباده لبغوا في الأرض ولكن ينزل بقدر ما يشاء إنه بعباده خبير بصير وهو الذي ينزل الغيث من بعد ما قنطوا وينشر رحمته وهو الولي الحميد ومن آياته خلق السماوات والأرض وما بث فيهما من دابة وهو على جمعهم إذا يشاء قدير بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين My mothers and sisters, verse number 15 of Surah Al-Shura, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to invite towards the religion of Allah, towards worshipping Allah alone and towards abstaining from that which will displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, so towards that or to that, invite Invite towards the religion of Allah. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the extension of this instruction includes us, which means we are to invite others towards the goodness. We are to be invited towards the goodness and we are to be following that particular goodness. So Allah says, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and remain on a right course as you are commanded. Stay steadfast as you have been instructed. وَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتِ This is a very serious instruction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So much so that in Surah Hud, Allah says, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتِ To Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Be steadfast as you have been instructed. And he says, when that verse was revealed, I noticed a grade. Grade meaning a few gray hairs uh, were noticed. And this also shows us that sometimes people gray because of the worry or the concern or the responsibility that they have on their shoulders. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and like I said moments ago, the lesson is for us all. So to that religion of Allah, invite. And remain on a right course as you are commanded. And do not follow their inclinations, meaning the inclinations of the those who are astray, the disbelievers and so on. Do not follow their inclinations, but say, I have believed in what Allah has revealed of Scripture, meaning the Qur'an, and I have been commanded to do justice amongst you. Allah is our Lord and your Lord. So part of the justice is to understand that justice is an instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who live on earth, 
not only should they be just, but there will come a day when justice will be served even to them regarding the disputes that they had among themselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I have been instructed to do justice among you. Allah is our Lord and your Lord. I need to be just. Your Lord is Allah. Believe or don't believe. He is your Lord. And our Lord is Allah. We believe that. For us are our deeds and for you, your deeds. So I am responsible for what I do. You are responsible for what you do. I will keep encouraging you to do good. And if you do not do good, it's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you've usurped the rights of a fellow human, it's up to them to drag you to justice or the system to actually penalize you or to bring you to the book. But at the same time, if you've committed a crime against Allah, it's between you and Allah. Our duty is to call towards goodness. And from this we learn something very interesting. You know, people sometimes believe, well, you know, as Muslimin, we're supposed to be fighting everyone who's not Muslim. And that is actually a total, absolute misinterpretation of the deen. We're supposed to be inviting everyone, correct. But you don't fight everyone. You don't fight those who have not fought you, subhanAllah. You know, people are, sometimes they've assisted us through our lives. And the next thing we have this one misinterpretation of the Quran and uh, we start fighting them. And yet they were kind to us throughout their lives and we lived perhaps under their rule as well. How can we misinterpret the Quran in such a bad way? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So we need to understand, you call towards goodness. Whether the person turns or not, it's between them and Allah. Guidance is not in your hands, nor is it in my hands. It's in the hands of Allah. But to make the effort to spread the message, to try and convince others. That is my duty and it's yours. That's why we're sitting here today. So I don't need to beat you up if you don't listen to me. But that's the attitude of a lot of people. They think they're the only ones who are correct on earth and they need to fight everyone who disagrees with them. And this is where extremism comes in. This is where barbaric behavior comes in. And this is where unacceptable behavior comes in such that it results in the loss of peace and stability everywhere. May Allah protect us from such deviant tendencies. My mothers and sisters, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says clearly, Lana a'maluna wa lakum a'malukum. For us are our deeds, they will be of benefit or harm to us, and for you are your deeds. La hujjata baynana wa baynakum. There is no need for argument between us and you. Imagine. There is no need for argument between us and you. We don't even want to argue, all we will do is present. You can present whatever you want. At the end of the day, you believe what you like. People will tell you this is okay, this is not okay. You need to understand. Don't just believe everything you hear. Ask yourself, where is it from? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. If it is from the correct source, then accept it. And if it is from the wrong source, then reject it. And this is why my mothers and sisters, if you take a careful look at us, when we have a problem, sometimes we tend to confide in people. Who you confide in, plays a very big role in what you will do next regarding that particular problem. So for if you confide in the wrong person, perhaps they will lead you up the wrong tree. They will tell you things that are soothing to your ears and perhaps to your heart temporarily. But that might not be the solution. They were only telling it to you to make you feel good and nice and to say, oh, that's my friend. But no, a true friend is he or she who tells you that which is bitter when it is correct. Yes.
It's got to do with what is correct, whether it is bitter or not. Allahu Akbar. So a true friend is one who tells you what is correct, whether it is bitter or sweet. So when we confide in people and we tell them this is what happened and they begin to advise us, reject the advice if it is negative, straight. And negative means you need to think about it. <clears throat> Ask yourself, who is this person giving me advice? Do they have the qualification to do so? Are they experienced enough? And do they have a genuine feeling for me? If they do, perhaps look into it a little bit deeper. Sometimes people will tell you, and it's typical of marital problems where people tell you, fix him, show him, you know, do this to him. How could you do that? You know, you must go away, go back home. Yes, get a divorce, go. So the poor girl, she's divorced and everyone's cheering her on and she's gone. And then when she's depressed, lonely and quiet and silent down there, then the friends are gone. They said, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Well, you played with my life. That's what you did. Allahu Akbar. This is why we say, follow the advice of Allah. Follow the advice of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa Look at what is to be done. Divorce is correct. It is an option. But it's a last resort. It's not something to play with. And at the same time, it can take you out of depression. But if it's done wrongly, it will land you straight into depression. This is what it is. So remember, when people say, fix him, you actually might be fixing yourself. Maybe Allah doesn't want you to be with such a good man. Allahu Akbar. Can happen. Can. But at the same time, uh, this is not always the case. Sometimes, yes, like I said, it's justifiable. And it, divorce is quite common. And it was always common. I was actually looking at the lives of the Sahaba. Anhum. Did you ever know that most of them went through divorce? And most of them went through more than one divorce? And did you know they made no big deal about it? Like, oh, you cut talks and cut relations and cut everything with this person and harass them and hassle them just because they divorced your child or just because there was a divorce there. So this is just an example I'm citing, but I'm giving you a little bit of information about the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. The reason why divorce is so stigmatized today is because we make a big deal out of it. That's what it is. But there was a time when a woman was divorced after the Iddah she's married. And married again. And sometimes she would be divorced a second time. People wouldn't even know. Why? Because they didn't make a big deal. Two of them didn't get along. They were brilliant people, both of them. But perhaps they were brilliant in different spheres of life. And they perhaps liked different things, you know. In my language, one liked oranges and the other liked bananas. And they didn't get along. You know, every time one's got a bag of oranges, the other's got some bananas. And they don't like to see each other's fruits. And that's it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. May He forgive us. This is something quite simple. We are not encouraging divorce, but we are saying, look, it does happen. You don't need to stigmatize the people and you don't need to create a big issue out of something. And at the same time, don't just jump into it for nothing. Allahu Akbar. Get back to our point. The point was, don't accept advice from those who give you negative advice. Negative meaning, they're just telling you what soothes you sometimes. And sometimes they're telling you to create hatred. Oh, that person, you mean they cheated you of one dollar? Never talk to them again in your life. It's over, done. So for one dollar, the person's gone, over. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. Wallahi, we need to open our hearts. Sometimes we have issues. From the time we were born, we used to listen how bad this person is and that person is in some instances. And we grew up believing they were bad, yet they were better than us. They were far better than us. We were the ones who were bad. We made an evil judgment. We made the wrong judgment against people and we thought they were bad. Just because we heard our own folks saying, these people are bad, those people are bad and so on. This is what we need to be careful about. The reason I say this is, Allah says, for us is our deeds and for you, your deeds. There is no need for argument between us 
and you. Allah will bring us together and to Him is our final destination. Allah will bring us together. The day of judgment is definitely there for the problems and matters that were not resolved and for accounts of what had happened whilst we were living in this short little life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease on that particular day. Ameen. Allah says, And those who argue concerning Allah after it had been, after He has been responded to, their argument is invalid with their Lord. And upon them is His wrath. And for them is a severe punishment. Those who ask a question, revelation comes and responds. For example, some of the people of the book had asked questions to Muhammad concerning several items. Revelation came after some time. Revelation was presented to them. They still rejected. So Allah says, those who rejected after we answered their questions for them will be a severe punishment. Their argument is invalid with their Lord. And upon them is His wrath. And for them is a severe punishment. So my mothers and sisters, a person who commits sin knowing that it is wrong, for example, is far more likely to receive the mercy of Allah the day they repent than a person who rejects what is right and wrong and does not even agree that what they are doing is wrong. They commit sin and murder and whatever else, major sin, and they believe nothing wrong with this. What's wrong? I'm justifying myself. Those who justify their evil deeds are criminals. But those who feel guilty regarding what they've done, they, they are more deserving of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why we say when you're doing something wrong, don't justify it and say, but I heard some, some scholar in North Korea say this. You know, the other day I mentioned North Korea. Somebody actually sent me an email and said that was very intelligent because there are very few Muslims in North Korea. Allahu Akbar. And it was just off the cuff. And here I am saying it again. I better choose another place. Okay, so if we were to, for example, use the name of some scholar somewhere across the globe in order to justify a deed that is wrong, we will still be responsible and we are, the fact that we are justifying it, we will not be able to improve ourselves. It's like a person who steals and they say, I heard from a certain scholar that if you're really hungry, you actually are allowed to steal because everything belongs to Allah. Wow, wow. What a powerful justification. But it's flawed, completely flawed, because although everything belongs to Allah, He has given the tags of ownership to people on earth. So you cannot just take things and say, oh, I'm really hungry and I was really hungry. No. But if we keep on thinking, okay, it's allowed, we're allowed to steal because we're hungry. In that particular case, I know of a guy who comes to my house every day. He pushes the bell and he says, I haven't eaten for three days. But just yesterday, we gave you the sandwich. <laughs> so for him, the three days is probably three hours. He doesn't know the difference. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. So if, if, that, if those people, for example, think that it's okay to pinch because we haven't eaten for a few days or whatever, then pinching would be the in thing on the globe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May He grant us goodness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It is Allah who has sent down the book in truth and also the balance, the justice. It is Allah who has sent down the book in truth. This book, the Quran, is full of the truth. You want to know the absolute truth? It is the Quran. It is known as Al-Haqq, the truth as well. A name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at this. Allah says, the balance, meaning the justice. Whatever law Allah has decreed is the most just. It is the solution to our problems. Like I said earlier, uh, I think it was on a Friday, I was speaking somewhere, and I made mention of the fact that 
Any country that has laws that protect a criminal beyond a certain point, that country starts suffering from criminal behavior, from the spread of criminal behavior. The reason is, if there is a thief and the person who goes in or the person who tries to tackle the thief is the one who's jailed, in that case, everyone will start stealing. And people think, oh, we got away, or those people got away with it, so I'm sure we will as well. But if the person who is caught, and after being caught, they were tried, and they were found completely and totally guilty without a shadow of doubt, and they were penalized and made an example of, anyone else who was looking at trying to commit such a, a crime would actually think ten times, because they know it's easy to get caught because of the justice system. Number two, if I'm caught, then I will be penalized in such a severe way, I'd better not commit it. But to be honest, they weigh the pros and cons. I remember once uh, there was a little clip that I watched where they were asking a criminal in South Africa and he said, the bullet costs 50 cents and the sunglasses cost 300 rands. Imagine, imagine. So he wouldn't hesitate to use that bullet of 50 cents because his profit would be 299 rands and 50 cents. Just for a pair of sunglasses, you and I did. Allahu Akbar, may Allah not do that to us. Now imagine if they made an example of such a person. To him, it's the best business. He even said, show me which business in town can be that profitable. Ouch, may Allah protect us. So if someone makes an example of such people and jails them for a long time or penalizes them, uh, the next person who thinks of it won't think of it that way. They will say to themselves, 50 cents, yes, but I will go in for 10 years, 15 years, and so on. And that's just an example, but obviously with the Sharia, it's made it, it, it's really uh, given uh, such balance that it protects the innocent and penalizes the guilty completely. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So Allah says, it is he who has sent down the Quran or this book in truth and also in the balance, the balance. In fact, Allah has sent down the balance, the justice. He has sent it down. The book is known as the justice. The entire sharia is known as the justice as well. And what will make you perceive perhaps the hour is near. What do you know? Perhaps the hour is very near. Which hour? The, la- the end of time. The end of times, perhaps very, very near. And also your ending, perhaps very near. How do you know? What do you know? It is Allah who knows. Allah is the owner of knowledge. The owner of the unseen. Allah says, those who do not believe in it, those who do not believe in it, are impatient for it. Those who do not believe in it, are impatient for it. You know, people who don't believe that there's going to be the last day, there's going to be a day of judgment, reckoning, heaven and hell and so on. Those who don't believe in it are impatient. They say, okay, punish us, let's see. But those who believe are fearful of it and know that it is the truth. Unquestionably, those who dispute concerning the hour are in extreme error. They are in extreme error because it's coming. Allah says, Allah is gentle with His servants. Allahu latifun bi'ibadi. Latif, meaning gentle. Allah is gentle with His servants. He gives provision to whomsoever He wills. And He is the powerful, the exalted in might. Allah is the powerful, exalted in might. Look what Allah says again. 
He gives provision to whom he wills. Many people sin because of provision. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and may He grant us sustenance that will come with blessings. May He make it easy for us to live our short lives on earth. And at the same time, may He grant us forgiveness the day He resurrects us. My mothers and sisters, many people, they, they usurp, they steal, they deceive, they have unscrupulous business ethics. And at the same time, they might be consuming that which is prohibited according to Islam and according to Allah's law. And Allah knows why the prohibited is prohibited and why that which is halal or permissible is halal. So that which is prohibited, Allah knows why He made it prohibited. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever desires the harvest of the hereafter, we increase for him in his harvest. Whoever wants a reward of the akhirah, the hereafter, if that's your intention, you will be granted increase in that. And if your intention is the harvest of this world, we will give you increase in that. So you choose what you want. If you want this world over the next, we will give you this world. And then in the next, you won't have anything. And if you want the next one, then perhaps you will go through a little bit of difficulty in this one, but you will have the next. And sometimes Allah's mercy is such that certain people He chooses to give them goodness here and goodness there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those. Amen. So Allah says, we give him thereof, which means those who desire the harvest of this world, we give him thereof. The harvest of this world meaning. But there is not for him in the hereafter any share. No share. A person who breaks the law of Allah in order to earn. Allah says, for such person, they will have. They will get. A person who steals a million, guess what? He has the million. But what happens thereafter? He's going to lose the akhirah. He's going to lose the hereafter. And perhaps he will lose a lot even in this world. For example, he might not be able to sleep correctly. He might be thinking that when am I going to get caught? Or who is this man who's come to greet me perhaps? He wants to, you know, catch me or perhaps he wants to set a, a trap for me or perhaps his intentions are wrong. We begin to doubt everyone because we are the ones who are wrong. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَمْ لَهُمْ شُرَكَاءُ شَرَعُوا لَهُمْ مِنَ الدِّينِ مَا لَمْ يَأْذَمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ Those who have false hope regarding the hereafter, those who have the unscrupulous uh, uh, ethics or behavior in this world, for example, and they still think that there is hope without them repenting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Or have they partners or other deities who have ordained for them a religion to which Allah has not consented? Do they have some other plan? Do they have some other instruction besides that of Allah? And this is why no matter who tells you what, if it is against what Allah says, they do not have the right to tell that to you and you do not have the right to accept it from them no matter who they are. Because you and I are answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's who we are answerable to. Even if your parents have to instruct you something that you don't know that about it, meaning against the rule of Allah, who comes first? Very easy answer. Very, very simple answer. It's Allah who comes first. There was someone who told me, no, heaven lies under the feet of my mother. So when my mother tells me something, I have to do that first before what Allah has said. So I said, you know, 
My beloved child, I tell you something. Heaven only lies under the feet of the mothers who are going to heaven. Allahu Akbar. Did you ever think of that? Heaven lies under the feet of the mothers who are going to heaven. In fact, the correct narration is that heaven lies at their feet. The word under is used, but not in the, the most authentic of the narrations. So I prefer to use the one that says uh, at their feet, meaning at their service. You serve your parents. It doesn't mean you obey them in what disobeys Allah or in an instruction that is in conflict with what Allah has obeyed. No. So your parents, no matter who they are, you will be kind to them, you will be respectful to them. But obedience, you obey them where they are correct and where they are not going against the law of Allah. So if they tell you, if they get you up in the middle of the night and say, please, can you go to the kitchen and get me some cold water? Yeah, that's fine. It does not go against the law of Allah. But if they tell you, come massage my feet, forget about the fact that it's the time of Asr is expiring. What will you do? Tell them, well, first I need to protect my feet from, be, from, from being burnt in hell. Then I'll come and massage your feet. Whoa. Today's kids, I don't even think they would massage their parents' feet. Not at all. They, their parents would massage their feet. Yes, that's what happens nowadays. And even then they'd say, Mom, you're not doing a good job. Shame, poor mom. So my mothers and sisters, the beauty is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the respect and the kindness for our parents an obligation. But instruction, yes, you take from them only if it does not contradict the law of Allah and the instruction of Allah. It's quite clear. And this is why those who follow instructions that disobey Allah, they are actually taking whatever they followed as a deity besides Allah because we are not allowed to follow instruction against the law of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. I can give you so many examples, but let's carry on. I'm sure you can think uh, in your own little lives and in my own little life, uh, the different examples of this particular verse and how it fits in. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Or have they partners, other deities who have ordained for them a religion, meaning instruction to which Allah has not consented? But if not for the for the decisive word, if it was not for the fixed time of Allah, if it was not for the decision of Allah, if it was not for the word of Allah, it would have been concluded between them. Which means Allah gave them respite and Allah decided that the end is not right now, but it will come at a certain time. So when the end comes, then inshallah, everything will be made manifest. But Allah says, if it was not that Allah had promised that you will be granted respite, the matter would have been resolved now. Now. So Allah says, it would have been concluded between them. And indeed, the wrongdoers will have a painful punishment. The wrongdoers will have a painful punishment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that if you repent, if you turn to Allah before your point of death, then there is hope. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter what. If you repent to Allah, you ask Allah's forgiveness, you turn to the deen, you worship Allah alone, there is hope. There is always hope. So long as it happened before you died, before the point of ghar according to the hadith, that's just a point where your soul is being removed from the body and when it gets to a certain point known as ghar then the door of repentance is closed because now you've seen reality. So for as long as you have belief in the unseen and that's what makes you repent and turn to Allah, it's counted. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
you will see the wrongdoers fearful of what they have earned. One day you will see the wrongdoers fearful of what they have earned. And it will certainly befall them. And those who have believed and done righteous deeds will be in lush regions of the gardens of paradise, having whatever they will, whatever they desire in the presence of their Lord. That is what is the great bounty. Wow. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us both sides of it. One is those who deserve the punishment. They will see the punishment. They will be fearful of whatever they were doing because they now know that the, uh, the Qiyamah, the Day of Judgment is right here. And now we are going to be judged according to what we've done. And then they will be cast into hellfire. But as for those who believed, repented, did good deeds, tried to please Allah, lived a decent life and tried their best, Allah says they will be in the most beautiful parts of paradise. In the presence of their Lord. And that is what the great bounty is. When Allah speaks of the great bounty, He's speaking of it, of this. It is, the next verse, verse number 23, Allah says, It is that of which Allah gives good tidings to His servants. It is that, which means whatever Allah has just told us now, paradise and whatever you want, you will get. Whatever you want, you will get. It is that of which Allah gives good tidings to His servants who believe and do righteous deeds. My mothers and sisters, many people start asking questions. Will my cat be in heaven? You know, will the same husband be in heaven? Uh, will I have my car in heaven? Will my house be there? We spend so much time, money, effort and energy building it. Will this be there? Will that be there? You know, is it, will I get Tanganda tea in heaven? And, and, you know, so many different types of things. Now, the reality is a true believer doesn't really worry about all that. A true believer just knows that Allah has promised me whatever I want, I will get. There's one condition that you want it after you've entered heaven. So after I enter heaven, I think of something. If my mind and my brain that will be totally complete at the time makes me think of something and I desire it, Allah will not let you down. You will have it. But the question is, I don't think your cat is going to feature anywhere in your mind. And I don't think Tengan, the tea is going to come anywhere close to what you would want in heaven. And also the houses that we've built here, which are controlled by voice. You know, you say, open, and the curtains begin to open in the morning. Whoa. Wow. And sometimes you say, open, and the curtains say, wrong voice. Oh, Allahu Akbar. I'm sure it's coming. Everything. In fact, it's happening. This voice control is already there. Even with our phones, it's there already. So my mothers and sisters, all that, the question is, or should I say, I'm probably convinced or I am convinced that what you do have when you go to heaven will be such that all these things we had here won't even feature anywhere near our list of what we want. That's the thing. That's the thing. And then sometimes people speak of how bad their spouses were and so on. Well, you're going to have perfect, absolutely perfect spouses. And who... Well, when you get there, you choose, inshallah. I don't want to enter a debate. And we should not be entering a debate as to, okay, who's going to be there? Now, what's going to happen? How come you guys are getting this, we're getting this? Go there and see. Allah says, you get what you want. So what's all the fight about? 
What is all the argument about? In fact, the non-Muslims, they actually make a mockery of it sometimes. They say, oh, these people are fighting because they're going to get this and going to get that. All that is irrelevant. We've been promised those who believe, do good deeds, righteous, those who follow the messengers, they will go into heaven and in heaven they get what they want. I'm sure Christianity, Judaism share the same statement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us acceptance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It is that of which Allah gives good tidings to his servants who believe and do righteous deeds. Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I do not ask you for, for it, meaning for this message, I do not ask you any payment. For what I've done, I don't ask you any payment, but only goodwill through due to kinship. To relations. Be kind to relatives, to the relatives. And Al-Qurba here, obviously the Mufassirin have mentioned several opinions. And the, the family of Muhammad sallallahu as well, it's important for us to respect them and to grant them uh, that respect or to afford them that level, that rank that they deserve. So those who swear the, the wives of the Prophet or his children or his grandchildren and so on, uh, they are really insulting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You know, there are people who speak ill of Aisha radiallahu anha, whereas she was the most beloved to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And at the same time, she was the choice of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, instructed by Allah as a wife known as Ummul Mu'mineen radiallahu anha. How dare people swear? Is that what you're giving the man back? He served, he gave, he came, he spread the message, the message got to us. And in return, we swear his wife, astaghfirullah. In return, we want to talk bad about some of his relatives. When we speak of his relatives, we put some in and we remove some and we say, no, those were baddies, these are goodies. How dare we? May Allah not do that to us. May Allah make us from those who respect the family of Muhammad sallallahu And this is why we say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. Oh Allah send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family, his household, so to speak. Because he has asked us and Allah has asked us, be kind to the family at least. And the same applies our own families. We must fulfill their rights and we must ensure that the rights of kinship are fulfilled completely. We try our best to resolve matters. If, they, if we don't have matters and issues to resolve, then try your best to maintain a decent relationship and don't want to interfere in the lives of others in a way that they think you're a big pain and they stay away from you. Sometimes it happens. You know, you meet your, your, your niece after five years and you start cross-examining her as though she has to enter the USA. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Oh, the pin you used on your cloak, it's actually a green, luminous green color. That's wrong. So, aunt, what you want me to use? Red? Yes. Well, red is a color of hell. I used green because it's heaven. Mm, wow. They've got answers. Cash. Mashallah. So sometimes they won't want to talk to you and you don't know. You go to the home and they don't want to see you. And they say, oh no, that aunt of mine is back. Why? Because she just yakets and talks and asks and says things and why did you do this and do that? And you know, we invited her over for lunch and she said, you should have cooked this and cooked that and you didn't know how to cook this and cook that. Yet she was the one who swiped everything. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> Familiar, isn't it? MashaAllah. <laughs> 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May He open our doors. Mashallah. So the point being raised is your relatives, it's actually an art. How to get along with them. You need to know how to strike the balance, where to where to stop, how to draw that, that framework within which you shall work as a relative. Don't interfere in their lives negatively. Sometimes you know, uh, you find the children of our own relatives, our own children sometimes, they, they go through various phases in their lives. And relatives make it no easy sometimes by going around talking about their own relatives. I mean, we go around talking about someone who's been affected in our home uh, with a bad habit, whatever that bad habit is. And we start telling the whole world, is that what a good relative is? Or should we be making dua? Should we be comforting the people? And sometimes people don't want to say uh, to their own relatives that this is the problem we have in our house. It's their right. They don't have to tell you and broadcast, well, I'm the aunt. Why didn't you tell me? You should have told me. I had to hear it from Uncle Tom. Well, to be honest with you, what were you doing talking to Uncle Tom? Allahu Akbar. My mothers and sisters, this is the problem. They don't need to tell you every detail of what's going on in their houses. Otherwise, we'd be writing encyclopedias on a daily basis. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, uh, I'm asking you nothing in return for this message. Tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu we are asking you no payment, no payment. Kindness. Kindness due to kinship. Goodwill. Through due to kinship. That's exactly what it says here. And whosoever commits a good deed, we will increase for him good therein. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and appreciative. Allah appreciates. Do we appreciate when someone does good to us? Do we pray for them? Do we return goodness with goodness? Or are we from amongst those who return goodness with either nothing or worse still with that which is bad. And this is why nowadays I'm sure you will all agree that when you do good to someone, the bare minimum is they don't harm you in return. You're not expecting something from them anymore. There was a time when, okay, you do good, people will do good. Nowadays it takes a really good person to do good to you when you've done good to them. You do good for the sake of Allah and Allah will reward you. But what people need to learn is the bare minimum is don't harm them. What did they do to you? And this is why... Someone came to me and they were talking about someone else. And I stopped them completely and I said, this person I know has done good to you. The bare minimum is stop backchatting them. And I'm not going to allow my ears to listen to this type of misbehavior and this type of riba. Riba meaning backbiting, which is a major sin. My mothers and sisters, when you are seeking help because someone did bad to you, you are allowed to speak about what they did to you, to the person whom you're seeking help from. That's not backbiting. Your intention is to get help. Some people need closure. Some people need assistance. That's not backbiting. Allah says, Allah does not like you to speak bad about others, uh, except if you have been oppressed and you need, you're seeking help. Like you go to the court, you go to the police. You can't go to the police and say, uh, you know what, someone did something very bad to me. They stole my property, but I can't take names because it's going to be backbiting. Imagine. I can't take names. Well, that's the misinterpretation of some of the extremists of today. Do you know that? Across the globe, they commit, they commit crime in the name of religion. And this is the type of misinterpretation they have. They say, oh, backbiting is haram. I'm just giving you an example which is far from what's happening. But they would say, well, we can't take names because that's backbiting. Well, that's not backbiting. You do not know of the exception. That's what it is. You need help? Go, go and seek help with the name. No problem. And say, this person did this to me and I need your help. For example, you go to a relative or the father or a relative, someone else to say, look, there's someone usurped my wealth. It will happen to be your son. And I need, I need this and that and that and whatever. I need justice. 
So this is something quite clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided us towards. We need to know this because my mothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in a million ways and sometimes we don't realize these blessings until we think about them. Allah says He is appreciative. He is appreciative, meaning Allah appreciates we need to also be from amongst those who do not harm those who have done good to us as a starting point. And then you want to do good to them, make dua for them, reach out to them, perhaps give them something, you know, protect them in their absence. That's one of the best ways of doing good to someone who has done good to you is to protect their dignity and reputation in their absence. You know, someone talks bad about you in my presence, I'd have to tell them, listen, you know what? You know nothing. Please keep quiet. Because that person is not how, you, how you're talking. They are not what you think they are. And we know them. That's it. It's the bare minimum you could do. It doesn't cost you more than a few sentences. But do you know what's today's attitude? Keep quiet. Why must I get involved? Well, the day it's happening about you. They're having a field day lying about you. And what's everyone else saying? Keep quiet. Don't get involved. And they could have just said, listen guys, you are wrong. That's all. That's all. And they could have protected you from behind your back. In your absence, one of the best ways of contributing towards a believing male or female is to guard their dignity in their absence. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us guidance. What beautiful teachings. Wallahi, you look at the Quran and you start thinking to yourself, there is nothing missing from this beautiful book and the lessons drawn therefrom. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Or do they say, He has invented about Allah a lie. Are they saying that Muhammad has invented a lie against Allah? But if Allah willed, He could seal over your heart. He could place a seal over your heart. And Allah eliminates falsehood and establishes the truth by His words. Indeed, He is knowing of that within the heart, within the chests, within the breasts. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows what you conceal and He can make it Manifest, clear, he can take it out. And it is he who accepts repentance from his servants and pardons misdeeds and he knows what you do. We will stop at that point, we've already clocked the time. Uh, the reason why I stopped at this verse number 25 is because it speaks about repentance. And Allah says, it is he who accepts repentance from his servants and pardons misdeeds and he knows what you do. He knows your deed. Now you've done your deed. When are you going to turn to him? Well, he's waiting for you to turn to him because he says, when you turn to him, he will wipe out the bad deed. How merciful Allah is. Amazing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us all. This is why we always say, my mothers and sisters, do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Never ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did you hear what he said? He says, it is he who accepts the repentance of his servants. Aren't we the servants of Allah? Well, if we repent, Allah says He accepts that repentance. And He knows what we do. Still, He is most forgiving, most merciful. May Allah have mercy on us. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.